excited. Girl, me too. <laughs> You're a co-host without even knowing it. Right? Hey guys, welcome to the Worthy of Wellness podcast. I changed the name. I didn't want it to be all about me, so, you know, had to change the name. Right? <laughs> How have you been? I am doing really well right now. Um, Good. Actually, I cannot complain. Um, like, even... So there was a, a moment, my dad is sick right now and dealing with health issues. Um, and for a moment, I was really sad about it. But really talking to my dad and talking to my brother, their faith in God is just overflowing onto me. I love that. And so I'm just getting this peace about it. Good. And I'm not stressing about it, and I'm just trusting God with my dad. I love that. I'm praying for your dad. Thank you. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you for how you're handling it. It's it's not easy. What's your guys' background with your relationships? And like, I think that's because, though, God has done the work, mm-hmm. right? God told me, Nicole, it's time to forgive your dad a couple years mm. ago. And so because of that, I've had the willingness to forgive my dad and to build mm. a relationship. And um, he he made me cry the other day. <laughs> and I didn't let him know it either, though. Like, I shut it down real fast. And then when we got off the phone, I saw my eyes out. Um, he was like, I love you, Nick. And I'm really proud of you. Mm. And he's never said that to me before. Mm. I and it. I felt it. And I was like, okay, this is what I was missing my whole life. I'm crying. So <laughs> it was pretty, it was so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That feels good. It feels like a little piece of validation, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think all girls want that from their dads. That's what we search for. That's what we search for. And um, so ever since then, like, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't found myself entirely sad about too much i'm really Aww. grateful for a lot of things it like healed a wound yeah mm-hmm. i love that yeah i am um, it's funny i so when my dad was in rehab um last year a song that i always remembered like him playing was fast car have you heard fast car with uh tracy chapman yes i love okay tracy and then chapman. luke combs just did a, a remake of the song really yes and so amelia knew about it and we played it in the car and they remember the song because they remember like oh when papa was gone like mom listened that song every day in the car and like was weeping i did every day bobby already knew like mom's doesn't matter i'm gonna cry in the car and listen to the song right and it just reminded me the song reminds me obviously because he listened to it but it reminds me of of him and it reminds me of what he always wanted life to be but what he never could accomplish and it just it's so hard because (laughs) we're going to talk about codependency today but it's like i've taken on so much of his pain yeah it like lives in me and I my faith has been struggling really bad lately and the lady who's mentoring me was like I need you for homework to write a list of all the times you think God abandoned you Mm. and I was like oh no (laughs) I have a long list you know so I'm working through that list and and I start to feel like I'm I'm, okay I'm mad at God I'm Mm. like I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna address it okay I'm, I'm mad I'm mad at God because why would you give me a taste of my dad being clean and then take it away? Yeah. And like, I know it's not, I know it's not God's fault, but it's like, 
all little girls have a dream growing up. And mine was that he would get sober and clean. And that stupid little girl still wants that. So bad. Like, when you called me and told me about your dad, I, like, felt it. I can feel, I can feel it. It's, like, my worst fear. My dad to, to be sick. Like, and struggle with something like that. Right. And it hits, it hits everything. Because I want my dad to pass away in an honorable way. Right. What do I say at my dad's funeral if he dies on dope? Like, seriously, what? Right. And I know that sounds really weird, but my 12-year-old brain, when I realized what my dad was, for whatever reason, ever since that day, I just pictured his funeral. Mm. Always. I still do it. And it's like, when he relapsed recently, I was so pissed at God. I didn't realize that I was taking it out on God. I just had no idea that I was so angry and so mad. And then I have to back up and say, God's been telling you to put up healthy boundaries for so many years. Yeah. And you still have all these child emotions wrapped up in this man. He is a human being. He's flawed. He is what he is because he is. It's nothing that I've done. There's nothing I can do to, to save him. I want to save him so bad. And I witnessed a miracle with my dad. I never thought my dad could be, you know, normal for a period of time. Right. But it's like, I wish I wouldn't even have got that taste of it. Why? If it's just going to be ripped away. You know, that that's the kind of, like, anger I have right now towards God. And it's not fair to me because, man, I did my makeup today, girl. Now it's all coming off. <laughs> It's like, it's not fair to me or my family or, or anybody around me that I'm harboring so much anger because God has given me gifts and miracles in my life to share with others. If I'm walking around saying, hey, I'm, I'm mad at God, what am I doing for God? Right. And I feel, I just feel broken from it. Like th this is a pattern that continues to repeat itself. Not that my dad's ever been to rehab, but he, he, he did a big thing this time. Right. And I thought, okay. He's 60 years old. Like, this is it. This is, we're good. We're good. You did it, Cassie. He's, you drove him there. You did everything you could for him when he was there. Your whole life you've been trying. Cool. You know, look what God did. And then it's, it's gone like that. And I'm just so, I'll never understand. I just, I'll, I'll never, I'll never understand. And all this does for me though, is show how broken I am and how very codependent I am with my father. It is so bad. It is so, it's so bad. Till this day, I just, I can't even, I can barely be mean to the guy. I just pretend, hey dad, I love you. You know, we're not going to address what you're doing. We're just going to pretend like it's not happening. <laughs> it's like, seriously, that's yeah. the truth. Yeah. With anybody else in the world, I would go crazy. I'd block you. I would never talk to you again. Right. I'd be done if you if you were to cross those boundaries so many times, right. right? And it's like this one person. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I want it for him so bad, but he doesn't want it for himself. And that's the problem, Cassie. I know. You want it more than he does. Yeah, right. And so, um... I, I have in my mind, right, like how you're saying, um, like I feel some, some tension there, like some restraint of, about getting to know my dad, 
Mm. um, even more because now with this diagnosis, mm-hmm. I um, I'm a I don't want a reason to be mad at God. Mm. Oh, I got chills. Like, <laughs> I got him back, got a relationship, I know. and then, you know what I mean? You don't want to lose him. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, hearing you share that, yeah. it it's so real. Mm. And um, all I can think about is God. God tells us in the Bible that he gives and takes away. Just listening to that song, girl. Right. And um, it's for a purpose. There was a purpose why your dad was clean during this time. You may not see the purpose now. The purpose may show up in five years down the road. It'll click one day and be like, oh, that's the reason why he was clean during that time. And maybe he's not clean right now because God has you in a season of, of wanting your full dependence on him. Oh yeah. I feel it. (laughs) Right. And I, and I do that too. When I know that God wants my full dependence on him, that's when I'm like, eh, no, I'm pumping my brakes. Yeah. Fight it. (laughs) Yeah. I know. And I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And I can't, dude, I can't imagine if one of my parents decided to start using again. It's horrible, you know? Yeah. It it is. Thank you for validating my feelings. You're welcome. (laughs) They're so important. This is how people in recovery actually do things. People are getting to witness it. (laughs) What a great opener. I promise the whole thing will be sad. Let's shift over to Ka- a happy Cassie. <laughs> right. Real talk, though. I appreciate that. It just, it's hard. It is. It's hard on the whole family, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, so it's because you're so wrapped up in him and oh. wanting him to stay clean. Yeah. And so because you, who are at the head of, the, I mean, there's Bobby, right? Right, right. But you guys are a team. Yes. And so if part of the team is not fully there exactly yeah it's going to affect the rest of the pyramid totally the rest of the family mm-hmm. is gonna struggle because yeah. of it it does you know yeah it does and totally. um that's why leading in this leads perfectly into right? our conversation about this book so we're talking obviously we're talking about boundaries today cassie's gonna get a good lesson in boundaries today here i go um, so boundaries and the boundaries workbook. And you and I said that we would talk about a list in the boundaries workbook. Um, talking about confusion with boundaries. Yeah. Which, I mean, all of us have confusion with boundaries. For me, I've always felt like boundaries was so mean. Right. I've always thought like, well, I'm going to hurt their feelings. Right. And what are they going to think? And I have to have like a five hour conversation with them to explain to them why I'm not going to be talking to them anymore. They're not going to like me. They're not going to, they're totally not going to like me. Yeah. There's going to be a rejection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this list, I love this list because I think it's relatable to everybody. I know it's relatable to me. So we're just going to go through it. And so if anybody hasn't read this book, I'm going to put in the notes boundaries. It's just called boundaries. Um, by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Do you know if they're still going through this book? They are. Yeah. 
they are still going through okay. the book. And I, I, I think I went, when you were there, when yep. you first started, I went mm-hmm. one time. Yep. But my mother-in-law actually bought me both books. I Did she? Had, yes. I haven't had time to read them and go through them. They take forever, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to think, when I started the group, it was... It was almost a year ago. Yeah. No, it's already been a year, I think. Has it? I think so. Yeah. Anyways, this is at Slow Rate Recovery at right. First Baptist Church in Lodi. You can look the details up if you want to check it out. But we are going to go through the questions. So it says, the questions listed in their introduction and below reflect some of the confusion that Christians may have about boundaries or anybody will have about boundaries. The first one says, can I set limits and still be a loving person? There was a time when I thought no. Same. Um, there was a time if I, I don't know if you ever felt it, but I knew in my body, like my body would want to set the boundary, but my mind yes. and my mouth did not set the boundary. Yes. You literally feel it. Like right. you, you, t- you either talk to this person on the phone or however you communicate with this person and like your heart just pounds out of your yeah. chest. Cause you just. For me, when I know that a boundary hasn't been placed is when it gives me, like a conversation will give me panic. Right. Because my heart will literally flutter and I'll go, I'll, I'll feel super panicky. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay, something's wrong here. That's your, literally your body's way of saying, hey, something's wrong. This person might not be for you. Right. In this season. Right. And that's well, how I used to see, I used to see the very black and white, like, mm-hmm. well, if I cut them off, then it's forever. Mm, but it's mm-hmm. like, well, that's God's choice. Like, I can't, right. I don't have a choice in that, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yes, we can set limits and still be a loving person. Now, yes. From a distance. From a distance. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned now that if they don't respect my boundaries, yeah. then they don't really have a place in my life no. anyways. No, they don't. Right. And there was a time in my life where I didn't respect other people's boundaries. Oh, 100%. I would be like, no, hell no. That's not how it's going down. I rem. So my <laughs> kids still to this day have that. Like, I, I took no as a challenge. Oh, my God. That's a great way. Yeah, exactly. Like, if somebody told me no. Right. It's like You're I. You're going to change their, I, the, I, their mind. I was going to do anything yes. that I could to change their mind. Yeah, that's such a great way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. Let's see how we can really mess this up. I like that. Um, I'm trying to read this in here. I mean, I don't like that. That's not a good thing. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay. So what are, the next question is what are legitimate boundaries? And so I thought, so there's a lot of different definitions of boundaries, but I like this definition. I'm going to read it straight from the boundaries book. And it says, um, invisible property lines and responsibilities. In the physical world, boundaries are easy to see. Fences, signs, walls, moats with alligators, manicured lawns, or hedges are all physical boundaries. In their differing appearances, they give the same message. This is where my property begins. The owner of the property is legally responsible for what happens on his or her property. Non-owners are not responsible for the property. Physical boundaries mark a visible property line that someone holds the deed to. You can go to the county courthouse and find out exactly where those boundaries of responsibility are and whom to call if you have business there in the spiritual world boundaries are just as real but often harder to see in reality these boundaries define define your soul and they help you to guard it and maintain it so that's a lot of what the boundaries books talks about is like you don't put up a fence to keep people out 
Mm-hmm. You're putting up your fence to guard yourself right. and to protect protect your property. Right. I never really saw it that way. For me, my toxic Cassie, it was like when I throw up a boundary, it's to push you out, keep you away. It's it's like it's a vindictive kind of shutting down right. for me. Now they might view it that way, but for me, when I'm putting up a boundary, it's typically because I'm not going to treat this person right. Right. If something's going on with me that no matter what you say to me, I, I can't, I'm not handling it well. So my right. boundary has to go up right. and, I, and I have to figure out what's going on within me. Whereas before I use boundaries as a weapon to punish mm. or like, oh no, you pissed me off and now I'm going to make sure you know it. So this right. is the boundary I'm setting. Right. Right. Um, I like the definition of the fences though. I read that uh, in the little bit that I did. Yeah, in the beginning. The book. Right. Yeah. Um, I did read that, and it and it also talks about a little bit further down how the gate that we have in it. Yes. Right. The gate, the yes. gate that we have in it. Um, I really identified with that part of Me too. keeping keeping the good out and the bad in. Right. Like I would let in the bad. Right. And I would have boundaries where good things were happening. So I really mm. identified, like, I had, like, my boundaries were all mixed up. Right. It, because, honestly, I didn't know what they were. Yeah, I didn't even know what boundaries meant. Like, <laughs> it's such a strange thing. Right. This is, like, shit you should teach us in high school. This would yes. actually help us. Don't teach me how to do math, please. Teach I know. Teach me how to I set know. boundaries. I know. It can save so much pain. I mean, I had boundaries in my marriage that I didn't even know I had. And they were bad ones. They were like, I wasn't like treating my husband properly. Right. I had walls and boundaries and I wasn't being honest. And I was, I was in a really bad way in my marriage. Right. Because that's what I saw. Right. That's what I learned. That's what every, you know, that's what things around me said. Everything around me said men aren't shit. That's, (laughs) that's the message I grew up with. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, well, this guy's really nice and sweet and great to me. So just use as much as I can and just not get back. You know, that was really, I don't know how our marriage has survived. Jesus. I mean, Jesus, we're, we're coming up on 11 years. It's yeah. like, I can't believe, I can't believe that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's hard when you start learning recovery. Cause you can't, we talked about this, I think before you can't unknow what you've learned. Yeah. And once you learn it and, and like God has walked you through, maybe God's walked you through boundaries with a specific person. Don't tell me you don't know what the boundary needs to be with so-and-so or this person right. or that, you know, I know what I need to do with my dad. I know. Yeah. I tell people all the time. I know. I know. <laughs> so as strange as it is, um, I don't where my boundaries, I, or they struggle still mm-hmm. is with my mom. Mm. So for me, it's my mom who mm. I struggle to maintain boundaries with. Right. And I feel bad when I do still. Um, oh, I can relate. And it's... Because not only did I want my dad's approval, I always have wanted my mom's approval of course. too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and my mom, she... Are you guys close now? We have... Like, will she listen to this and yell, like, call you and yell at you for, like, saying something? No. Okay. Um, she, she's in a place where she respects my truth now. Mm, that's beautiful. It is. That is. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm able to... She has done so much growth 
God mm. has done so much healing and growth with within her that right. um, although in the past I was never able to express my feelings and talk about how I felt and talk about the hurt that I felt from her. Yep. I am learning that I'm given that space now mm. and there I can feel when she's pissed off about it, right? Yeah. However, it hurts to hear that stuff. Right. Yeah. However, she doesn't she doesn't lash out at me like she used to. Mm. That's, so huge that's growth. growth. That is. Right? Yeah. And um there have even been times where she's come back to me and said, "You know, God's really done some work in me in this area, and I'm sorry." So even though That's beautiful. I it is. And it can't happen for anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but the person who we have a hard time setting boundaries with, yeah. they have to want it. Yeah, yeah. That's my problem. That's where I'm at in life. I'm like, if if you can't call me or have a face-to-face, if we can't like sit down in the same room together and hash out real stuff, but we can be at a birthday party together or like if we can't talk about the real deep issues, like for example, if me and you were sitting here having this conversation and, but I find out later on you have beef with me, but you refuse to come and have a conversation with me. Right. What? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I I can't, let's not pretend. Right. Let's not be fake. No, let's not. Let, let's have a real conversation. Right. Or when people lash out at you over something and that's not actually what's bothering them. Right. And so I, I think I've learned, I've only learned that through my marriage blowing up because Bobby and I had to learn how to actually communicate. Yeah. We were both very, Bobby's very codependent with me and I walk all over Bobby and that's always kind of how the relationship has been. And so when everything happened, my immediate response was, I'm not making decisions for the family. I'm done. I've been like the head of the household. I've made the decisions. I've done all the things. You're going to make all the decisions from now on. Like the big stuff. Like you're deciding stuff with kids, money, what, go ahead. Like you're going to, you're going to take, that's your role. And he earned that role through recovery and changing and and us learning to trust each other and all that stuff. So now we have this very healthy relationship built on solid communication. Yeah. Like real communication. Yeah. Like we used to make our way of coping when we had problems with each other was sarcasm. So we would, we would throw jokes at each other, but it was how we really felt. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just kidding. Ha. Right. Oh, you were such a bitch last week. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, honey. Yeah. You're an asshole yesterday. You know, and it's right. like, that's not cool. Right. That's so toxic. You know, and so now that I've learned how to do that within my marriage and we've learned how to do it, I can't have a relationship with someone that's not any. Yeah, that's any different than that. I can't do that. I'm a very bossy person. So like I'll run. Yeah, of course. Everybody (laughs) does. Yeah. I'm a very like take charge. Yes. You know, and so my marriage, it, it honestly actually wasn't hard for me to step back. I think I had been craving that. I had been craving like. Bobby to kind of take that place right like in the relationship because that's where you belong that is where he's supposed to be I was craving that and so when he started making the decisions it was like a relief yeah you know and so when I look at my other relationships it's like there's supposed to be a certain order with mom and daughter 
right. and siblings. And, and there's a way that this all kind of, this is how this dad, daughter, there's a way, there's like a general way this stuff works. Right. Not, not that there's like these big rules, but there's an order to it. I respect my father because he is deserving of respect, right? Right. But when that isn't there, what do you do with that relationship? Right. How do you navigate that relationship? Me and my mom always had a very, very hard relationship. Very mm. hard. And the way I feel, because what brought, what brought this up is that you said that your mom is able to hear yeah. stuff that you need to say. I have stuff I need to say and stuff I need to clear up. But if the other person hasn't done their own work, right. then you don't necessarily get that. Right. And, and, and that's... I think, though, that's where a sponsor comes in. For... So, I finally got a great one, just so you know. I met um, with her three times. Yay. And I'm sticking with it. Yay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that, I think that that's where a sponsor comes in, though. So, because we cannot control if they're ever going to be ready. Right. Yeah, just right. like once we reach, once I reach step nine, I can't control if somebody's going to want an amends from me. <laughs> all, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, all I can say is, hey. <laughs> I amends is funny for me. That's no, you story no, I'm, about. so um, you know, I present it. Um, I have an opportunity to sit down and really yeah. talk to you about this, right? And, and they say no, and, and if they say no, then <laughs> we have to. Do you still send a letter in the mail and force them to read it? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as much as it may freaking suck, yeah, we can't. Yeah, there was a person I was close to for like a pretty long time, or I thought we were close, and I guess we weren't, according to her. But so I went to write her an amends letter, like recently, and uh, I'm writing it, and Bobby's like, "You're a fool! Like, why are you doing this?" Well, something really awful like happened with this certain person, and literally, it was like God like just struck me, like that is not how the amends work. I really felt struck down, like you have been in CR and you see how this works, Cassie. And you're all of a sudden trying to make amends because you feel out of control in this situation. Right. And you just want it to feel a little better. Yeah. And it's like, it ain't, it ain't, and it's not, that's not how it works. No. Because what you learn is that you, you are responsible for sifting through these feelings. Right. So the lady that's mentoring me, I'm not going to say her name or anything, but she's local and, um, she's freaking awesome. So what she's been having me do is a lot of writing, like, She's like, well, you know, she's in conversation has learned like who I have resentment towards. Right. Right. So I have to put their name down and then write all the reasons I'm resentful. Okay. And it's like pouring all, getting it all out, out of my system. And I'm like, this is really good. This is good for me. Yeah. I need this all out of my system and I can burn the book and hopefully just be done with the resentment. That's my problem. I, I do have a lot of resentment. But I create it myself because I'm a controlling person and I try to control situations and people don't like that. So then they strike back against you. Right. Because you're trying to be so controlling and, right. then, and then you sit there and you're mad about it. Right. That's a me problem. Right. That is a Cassie problem. Well, so I have, I, and I, it's, it's a human problem, right? Because it's a Nicole problem too. Really? Yes. It, what it is, is we put expectation. Oh, and so when yeah. we put those, ex- when we, in our mind, yes. right, put these expectations yes. that are unspoken and unrealistic. Unrealistic. Mm-hmm. 
then it doesn't turn out how we want it because life shows up. People are human. Whatever the case, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? God blocks the situation. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. We're then pissed off because it didn't go how our brain thought it was was supposed to go. Never does. You know what my big thing is? Is closure. And it's a lie. It doesn't happen. (laughs) Like, what what fool? Like, who taught us that? Like, I have no idea. Movies growing up? Like, I don't know what taught. You know what I mean? exactly who would taught us that shit. Yeah. Yeah. TV. Seriously. It's not a real thing. No. You don't get closure. Like, you... (laughs) My brain works. It's like, I'm going to sit down with this person at Starbucks. We're going to have a conversation. We're both going to say sorry. We're going to hug. And then we're going to be And we're going to be... We're going to either... Well, maybe we can be friends. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how stupid I am. Bobby has to stop me all the time. Like, but honey, like, they're not a friend to you. And I'm like, but we can all be friends. Like, I want us all just to be okay. Right. That's the hard thing about my controlling this is that right. I truly think that the things I'm doing are going to make everything okay. Right. Without considering that there's other people involved that don't want to be doing what Cassie wants to do. Right. Not everybody likes Cassie. Right. And not everybody okay. likes me. That's okay. Right. Right. So but little girl Cassie who's been rejected and bullied and name called and all these different things, that little Cassie spews. Right. That's what needs to be dealt with. And the same thing, like, you're not alone in right. that. Because I, I feel the same way. Yeah. I want everybody to like me. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that that is bad. Right. right. That we want everybody to like us and that we want to be accepted by everybody. Yeah. Right. Um. But when we create chaos in our life because we're trying to get the acceptance and the and the likes yeah, of everybody, so I did. That's where it becomes a problem, mm-hmm. right? And um, I I've learned that through doing work, mm-hmm. God has changed that radically. Like I don't need the acceptance from anybody anymore. Right. And, and, and I can sit here and say that honestly, though, there are still days that I still struggle with it. Of course. But then God reassures me, mm-hmm. Nicole, it's okay. Like there are times where, um, we were talking previously about a certain group of people and I, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on the outside of that. Yeah. You that know what group. I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm. I find myself if if they're not if they don't hug me and I see them hugging everybody else. Oh, and, I know. And if, you're like, what did I do wrong? Yeah, that's exactly what my did my I not put deal on my bio this morning? Right. Is that why did I <laughs> did I say something? Did I yeah, harm them? I know. I know. Um, what did I like? And then I struggle with God. Do they think that I'm fake? Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's how deep it fucking goes I know. inside of me. I know. I know. Like, have Over I... Over something as small as them hugging other people and not you. Yeah. Whereas, it's like, so... <laughs> I'm an airhead. Like, I'll go somewhere and I'll, like, get so much anxiety that I'll just... I'm so awkward sometimes. I do that, too. And so I, I'm probably somebody who does leave people out because I'm so awkward. <laughs> I get... I go places and I get really freaked out and people wouldn't think that about me because I'm very outgoing. But when there's a bunch of people, it's kind of like, oh man, so a lot for me. A funny story. Actually, not that long ago, um, I went up to the mountains to be with Patrick. Yeah. And um, he lives with his sponsor and his sponsor's wife and their kids and stuff like that. Right. And um, 
we're all sitting around and, and talking and um, something that Patrick's sponsor said uh, hit deep within my core. Like it kind of something that I needed to work on, right? A little bit of insecurities. Yeah. And so what that made me do was instead of talk about it, because I don't really, I don't talk about those type of things with people that I'd hardly know, because then right. I have a fear of rejection, mm. right? So mm-hmm. I, I want them to like me. So, so right. we're still back into the same bubble. Exactly. Right? Yep. So what I did was I went and hid in the room with the kids. Like, I removed oh myself my from the situation, right? Little I just, girl, Nicole. Yes. She came out. I literally, so, so true. I went and hid in the room with the kids. And then uh, someone came in and asked me what was wrong. And I was like, nothing. And then everybody came in, like, one at a time <laughs> asking. And I'm like, nothing. And they could all clearly see that something was you wrong. You weren't hiding right? it well, yeah. Right? And then I, I just flipped out. I started bawling my eyes Shut out. Shut up. I'm not ju- Are you going to tell us when it was over? Or it was, was it secretive? So it's, um, what happened, what, my son moved up there, too. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. ev- eventually I'm going to be moving up there, too. Right. right? When right. my daughter graduates. Yeah. So... Um, my son moved up there too, and, uh, my son tried to get out of some chores or Mm. thought he wasn't going to do chores. Okay. And so what the conversation was around was the sponsor was talking to all of us saying, yeah, like Noah thought that he was going to get out of chores. And I told him, you know, this is not your mom's house. And, uh, you know. I'm, I'm asking you to do this so it's going to get done. Yeah. And I immediately, I took offense to that. Mm. Like it, it made me feel insecure. Like somehow mm. I wasn't good as a mother. Oh yeah. I get it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's a trigger for mamas. Yes. Yeah. And so what actually, after doing some talking around it, I see now that that reaction or that comment is because I have allowed my son to walk all over me in some areas. Ooh. You know what I mean? I have, I have lacked in the boundaries with mm. my kids. Yeah. I, I get it, girl. And so, um, it ended up being after the whole awkwardness. Cause I went, <laughs> I went zero to a hundred real quick on the freaking awkwardness. Like totally just reclused myself. Yeah, right. I get it. And so, um, but we, after that, we ended up having a really good weekend. And good. then, um, Patrick's sponsor and I, the next morning we went for a walk and we like talked it out and like good. everything was good. Good. So after, now I know that I can, I know that if something upsets me in that moment, instead of hiding, I can be like, hey, what did you mean by that? Because yeah, right. that, that kind of hurt my feelings. You can say something. Right. Yeah. I so. get that. Yeah. I know for me, it's funny. I look back at like when I married Bobby and like we, we would be around his family or my family and I never did well in like, because you were at like a, a function, like there's a lot of people around. Yeah. yeah. And people would always say stuff that would, I would be triggered every time I went somewhere right. all the time. Right. Because I, I was so damaged. Yeah. 
Like, and, and Bobby would be like, why are you mad every time we leave? And I'm like, I didn't know at the time, but it was because people weren't practicing any boundaries. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff was said to me about my appearance, which always bothered me. And I don't know if, if, you know, his family like recognized this, but it was always stuff about the way I looked. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're, <gasps> you're, you're this, you're that. There's off like offhand comments that maybe to them is very normal. But for me being somebody who struggled with my weight and yeah. had eating disorders growing up and all women are insecure about right. something, right? right? It was always like, it was always, I always felt like I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. But the deeper root for me was that Bobby doesn't think I'm pretty enough. Right. Bobby doesn't think I'm good enough. But because his family Thanks makes these so. off. And I don't even think they were trying to be mean. I think that that's how some people connect. Like yeah. in a very kind of toxic, strange way. Right. I'm sure I've done it to people too. I'm, I'm sure I've said offhand things that it's like, why the fuck would you say that? You know, <laughs> in my toxic ways. And so I remember always feeling so sick, like literally lots of stuff. If things were said to my children, like just things that I didn't agree with. And I think that you think that you're forced to stay in these situations. What brought this up was that you said the sponsor took a walk with you the next day and you talked about it. Yeah. How many people do that? Not very many. Like zero. Right. Like zero people do that unless you're in this recovery like space, I guess. I, I don't know. But I've never seen people do that. Right. And so it's, it's gotten to the point where like, for us, like holidays are, I already talked to my girls like about this year, holidays coming up because it's sometimes it gives me anxiety. It's not going to look like what you might expect it to look like in the past. Right. It's just going to be us five. That's probably what it's going to be like. Right. And that's been the past couple years where it's like very low key holidays. But I know that's something that I have a friend who the holidays trigger her up because they have some family stuff that happened and the family's kind of broken up into mm. pieces because they put boundaries. They learn boundaries and they put them up. And it's like, you, you don't realize how much putting up healthy boundaries affects every aspect of your life. Yeah. And it's supposed to be for the better, but sometimes the people that you lose, it absolutely hurts so bad. Well, yeah. So bad. And I think that the people on the other end of it, so like, say I'm the one that puts up the boundary, the people who I put the boundary up, you know, towards, they assume that I'm not hurting Right. Like, no, I'm, I'm heartbroken. Yeah. I'm absolutely heartbroken, but I know that there's no resolution here. That's going to come from me. I'm not going to be able to fix this. I'm so thankful. I've learned that now because I wasted my life trying to fix situations that weren't my responsibility to fix. Right. So now any relationship that I don't see it progressing in a positive way, I'm not giving it attention. I, I, I don't know how else, I don't know how else you, I don't really know how else you set boundaries other than looking at all the people in your life and saying, will this person have a conversation? Can we get somewhere or not? And you know, right. you know where people are at. If you're close to people, you, you know. And well, for me, I feel the safest. My best self is when I'm with my husband and my kids. Yeah. We have the best time. Dude, we were in the room playing charades the other night <laughs> and we were laughing so hard. We were crying. Like, hysterically laughing the so baby beautiful. Amelia was holding the baby and making her do stuff like I'm hella good at charades so I'm like really I'm, I, yeah, yeah I am I'm, <laughs> I'm good at acting them out and me and Bobby are super connected so he was like getting every single one I was doing yeah. you know to where like Amelia got like crappy about it for a minute Aww. just like Ugh. um but like I remember just in the moment I let myself feel that moment yeah and I, w- I felt so much joy yeah and I'm like dude this costs no money 
This doesn't cost in anything. This is just pure joy for me. Like, that's what makes me happy. Yeah. All these other situations are just not, not it. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's when we're searching, right? Because when we're out there using drugs and using boys and using mm-hmm. alcohol, mm-hmm. right? We're searching for that happiness. Oh, yeah. And all of these things. Yes. Right? When it's right here. That's where I went wrong, girl. Yeah, me yeah. too. Really? Yeah. yeah. And you were talking about hurting when when we set the boundaries and we lose those people, right? Oh my god, so <clears throat> painful. There um I had I had since high school I had one friend. Mm-hmm. Like um we met in high school and actually she she was really friends with everybody. Yeah. Right? And um there was a, a mutual friend between us who did not want us being friends. Mm-hmm. And so that friend would spew lies to me about her and to her about me. Oh until one day when we were after after we were already friends, um, we were sitting there and you know, we were drinking or whatever and we were talking about it and it all came out. And I'm mm. like Wait, so and so said this, and she was like, "No, that was Not a true. lie." And then so and, and then she'd be like, "So and so said this," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Dude? Right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, anyways, so our friendship grew, and like she was my ride or die, and um, it was that way until I got into recovery. Like, mm. I got into recovery, and you and lost her as a friend. Lost her as a friend. Yeah. But, because recovery led me to God. I know. Right? Yeah. And um, there was a, like, she would call me and I would just say, God is doing this in my life and God is doing this in my life and it's so amazing. And and that made her uncomfortable. She didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And um, one day, she, like, blew up at me. And was mm. like, I'm, she's like, where is my friend at? It's like you're brainwashed. I don't want to hear about your experiences with how God has done this for you. And that's like, like a dagger in the chest. And and I was like, I don't what? And so um she one day she even told me like your eyes are so closed and it just made me feel hella uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And I was like mm, no. So we had the last conversation we had um you know, I tried reaching out to her telling her that I loved her and that I missed her yeah and um she's like you know if we're gonna if we're gonna do this then there's gonna be like if I have to be okay with you talking about how God has changed your life because never once did I say you need to find God right never once did I say read the Bible with me never once did I say this is um what scripture says Mm -hmm. never once did i do any of that all i was was saying god has changed my life and god god showed me this way and god helped guide me this way right right and so um one day she we were texting and she said um if we can't get to a place where you can talk about you know what god has done in your life and and i can't talk about um, an evil eye and or what? doing doing her spiritual practices yeah. and like 
throwing that thing in my face, then, um, you know, there's really no reason for us to talk. And so (gasps) I left it at that. Yeah. I left it at that. And it it killed you. It it killed me. Yes. Of course it did. All that I want for her is to be happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And I see her not happy. Mm. At least then I seen her not happy right. and I seen her mental health struggling and I seen And you wanted her to share life struggling. Yes. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, of course. Of course. And yeah. it's like I love you, bro. Yeah. yeah. I fucking love you and I found a way. Yeah. Where yeah. I don't where I don't live like that anymore. Yes. I I know. And you're sharing that. Yeah. You're not trying to force it on someone, no. you're just sharing it. Yeah. But see the enemy has a grip. Yeah. Because she didn't even want to hear it. No. A lot of people will just listen to you blab on and roll their eyes at it. You know what I mean? She like did not. And so. um, Because she was losing the version of of you that she didn't want to lose. Right. Yeah. The version. The. The addicted version of me. Yeah. Right. That was fun. Right. Yeah. I get that. Because somehow being (laughs) like serene and sober and And positive and positive having a good fucking life is is not fun. fun. No. People think it's boring. We actually just read that last night. Really? I was at a meeting and um, I'm part of, you know, uh, a recovery group. Yeah. Um, And so... We were reading last night out of the literature and it says, you know, when we were using how we thought that the non-users were no fun. Mm. Yeah. And little. That's the lie. Little. It is a lie. Little do we know that this side, the clean side of, of life, being able to remember what I do on a daily basis, being able to. Come and spend time with you and remember it. Yeah. That yes. is what's fun. Yeah, I know. And so. I agree. Um, Yeah, that's the fucking hurt. Just having to lose let. people. Yeah. Yeah. I still am bitter about that. I still mm-hmm. tell God, like, there's a couple people you took from me that you had no right. That's how I feel. Yeah. You had absolutely no right for this person to not be in my life anymore. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's nothing I can do. There's literally, there's nothing I can do. I can't, there's no way I'm going to talk myself back into these relationships. You know what I mean? Unless I am a watered down, toxic Cassie. Unless I go back to, you know, hustling my my worth all the time for that relationship. And and I'm not willing to strip myself down to nothing for all these people. Right. Like, my relationship with my husband isn't hard. Like, it's beautiful. we're, We're going out, so we celebrate... Two years on um, Sunday of recovery for us. Yay. Yeah, two years, and it's like wow, we've done so much in two years. I mean, yeah. you you saw a lot of our yes. journey, and so we are fucking thrilled. We're gonna go to San Francisco. We have a day planned. Like we're freaking thrilled to hang yeah. out with each other. And I know when I'm with this person, I'm gonna have the best time. Yeah, we always do. We always have a great time. Our relationships like fun and we have real deep meaningful conversations every single day i and see that I like yeah obviously i'm not here but right. I'm, when i'm around you guys yeah i feel like you guys are just best friends we are we're like solid 100 percent. yeah if we have conversations till this day we can have legit conversations about like what do you think life would look like without each other like you know when you're really insecure and you can't have any conversations because it makes you like ah Right. You know, it like freaks you, you out. You're afraid of what they're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. We can have conversations about everything now. 
from doing all the work. Right. So my expectation, like you said, expectation, I want to have really meaningful relationships with people, mm. but people make it so difficult. Yeah. They're offended by everything. Like, yeah. like you talked about your friend. It's like, you're offended by, by me getting better. Right. By me improving my life, by me saying positive things, by me speaking my truth finally. Like, this is who I was supposed to be. And people are mad about it. And that's what we've experienced in our recovery walk, where it was like, hey, I know this is what, what we were before, but, like, this is who we are now. Yeah. And we're doing better for our children, and we're trying to do better. Some people don't like it. Right. Some people don't agree with it. Some people... Well, quite quite frankly, mm-hmm. if we set that... Like I have a I have a strict boundary. Like I don't I don't allow people in my life who like in my close circle. Obviously yeah. I'm gonna have people that acquaintances. I am, you know, it's associated <laughs> acquaintances. <laughs> acquaintances. Um that I'm associated with that yeah. are out there using like my some of my family members and things like that if if they still are or whatever. Right. Um however, people in my close circle, people that I choose to spend time with on yeah. a daily basis right they're gonna be clean and in recovery right um but see some people will look at you and be like ugh, you're judgmental no that's <laughs> they a, don't get it it's a boundary that i set exactly for because if i don't if i don't set that boundary for myself if i don't surround myself with people who are of like mind because god tells us iron sharp sharpens iron yeah. right mm-hmm. um if i don't surround myself with people who are like-minded right i'm get, I'm going to be back out there. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. And, and, and so, um, it's super important that we learn that the boundaries that we're setting are to protect us. Mm. They're not to harm anybody. They're not to, um, make anybody feel like they're rejected. Right. It's strictly... It's a form, it's, it's a healthy form of being selfish, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, and the, the boundaries book also talks about though, um, when we set these boundaries, we have to be responsible for us. Mm-hmm. Like no more casting the blame on other yep. people, yeah. which is hard to oh, look yeah. at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to take responsibility and ownership for the things that I have done. Yes. Um, and that's also a part of the boundaries. Yes. I love that you bring that up. Yeah. I like that because that was my favorite part about recovery with Bobby was that we both took responsibility for our actions. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. We were both, we were so fouled up and things were so bad and we were at such a rock bottom that it was like, well, nothing can get worse. So right. now I'm not afraid to just sit here and, and tell you like this, this is what this is and this is what that is. And I take responsibility for everything. Yeah. I used to not be able to do that. Yeah, me neither. That would bring me a lot of shame and it would take a lot of control away from me. Yeah. But now I can sit there and with, with all these people that I've lost or all these people who I guess don't like me or whatever the case may be, I, all those relationships I've been broken I can take full responsibility for my part in it now. Yeah. Now I see where I was toxic. Yeah. Now I understand where I went wrong. Now I understand where I was crossing somebody else's boundaries. Yeah. Where I was too young and naive and broken and traumatized to even begin to understand that I was doing something wrong. Right. You know, a lot of times people have no idea that they're doing something wrong in a relationship. Right. 
But they don't get it. it. Well, because, so when we grow up. Yep. And we learn this, this toxic way of life. Right. We don't know anything other than that. Of course. Yeah. And so we're going to take that toxic way mm-hmm. of life mm-hmm. that we've learned and that was ingrained in our brain right and we're gonna go out to the world thinking that that's normal yeah and then the world's gonna slap us around a little bit and we're gonna learn how quickly it's not normal (laughs) or we're gonna end up in a in a deep depression of woe is me nobody likes victim Mm -hmm. right because we're not we can't Mm -hmm. there and there are so and it hurts my feelings man it hurts my feelings so hard when I see people who cannot accept responsibility for their actions, dude, mm-hmm. like it, because mm-hmm. it, it breaks my heart. I like, know because, but we've been there, right? Yes, yes. Which is why it breaks my heart because yeah. I wish because you know who you were then. <laughs> I wish that I would have been able to um, learn how to take responsibility for my actions Me too. sooner. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, and say, look, I. I I'm a fucking wreck. Yeah. And I've messed up right. a bunch. Yep. And um, I don't know how to do this thing called life. Mm-hmm. And I need help. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's super humbling to have to do that. Yeah. And it's, it is. It's not really good for people who are control freaks. Yeah. <laughs> like me yeah um but it has been the most rewarding thing that i i could ever have done for myself is learning how to take responsibility for myself yeah. and and god still is showing me areas of where i hadn't been taking responsibility yeah and so that is still being cleaned out mm-hmm. on a daily basis and that's hard it is that's a challenging one where I'm upset with myself is taking responsibility for other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Like always trying to fix somebody yeah. else's relationship or keep things kosher for somebody else. Or I, um, I mean, I wasn't good at taking responsibility for my own actions either. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I really see where a lot of my chaos came from was from taking responsibility for other people's feelings. Yeah. Because I was raised that way. Like, I felt like it was my responsibility to make sure my dad was okay. Yeah. And then, so, and that just continued on forever, well, you that, know? So, I think that that really comes from having addict parents, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because, same. You're doing all the adults. Like, you're... Right. So, the other day, I told Amelia, I did this a lot, and Bobby finally, kindly, like, shut this down, because I was doing it all the time. I would say... <laughs> I was doing everything, taking care of myself by seven years old. What do you mean you can't do that? That's what I was saying, girl. That's what I was saying to my child. Yeah. I was seven years old, running a whole household. What do you mean? And that stuck with her because now my poor Amelia is almost 10. She can cook dinner. She will. She'll cook the whole fucking family dinner. Yeah. Nine years old. And I wonder, is she doing that because she enjoys it? Because she seems to enjoy it. Or did I mess her up by saying those things? Right. Like, do I need to sit down and have a serious conversation with her? Like, hey... I know I said this a lot, but like me and daddy talked about it and it was wrong. And I'm so sorry I projected that onto you. Cause I did, man. I, I, I was seven, eight, nine years old, like taking care of business. <laughs> like, man, and, you're hitting some shit right now. I know. Look I at do you. that to my kid. Do you? And I still do it to her. I know. Like, um, 
I get it in my mind. Like I, I had to do all of this shit. Yes. Yep. And I, I get frustrated with her because she's not. I know. And we're projecting all that onto them. Well, it's because we want them to be humble. We want them to be humbled down, you know? But when you come from nothing or something toxic and you're trying so hard to change it, sometimes you bring all that old trauma with you and you just toss it at them as a way to hope that it it makes them change. <laughs> it makes them it makes them humble. It makes them more more appreciative. I didn't have this kind of childhood. I don't know how many times I told my kids. I didn't get to. My parents would take me to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget one time I was like, my dad told me I was going to Disneyland in May of 1997. He still hasn't taken me to Disneyland. <laughs> Girl, what? Come on, Cassie. What was that, 25 years ago? Cassie, come on. Yeah. But I, I get frustrated too. How can we get mad at them though when we are the ones who are like giving them all the things. All of the things. We're doing it. Yeah. And then we're mad at ourselves <laughs> and then mad at them for doing it. That's your fault. Like, that's my that's fault. That's my fault. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. what I'm reminded. Patrick likes to We gently... cry so much on here we together. We do. Patrick likes to gently <laughs> remind me when I call him and I'm like, oh, Yeah. Yeah. She said this, this, and this to yeah. me. Right? Just, and he's like, Nick. Oh, hold on. <laughs> do you do you not remember the things that we did to oh. to create yeah. that? Yes, and, and so, that's taking responsibility, right? Yes, that's taking back your, the I'm responsibility. Like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That was me. That's my yeah. fault. Um, yeah. I think what you have to do as a parent is figure out what do you want to teach your children. What is important to you? We have certain values for us that are important to teach our kids. Mm. And what we had to step out of was let's not raise them based off of what was lacking from our childhood. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I parented that way with yep. my stepson. Mm. I wanted, when I saw his situation, when I met my husband, little, little fixer Cassie was like, okay, I know I have a plan. Yeah. This is how we're doing it. Yeah. This is what it is. And I parented my stepson, my son, from a place of lacking. Yeah. I still do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, and I I don't regret it because I instilled so many wonderful things in him. But I wonder if I could have done it a little differently. Yeah. Could things have turned out better? Because now he doesn't want a relationship with me. Right. Which is hard. Like, that was my baby. He called me mom. Like, yeah. I love him to death. And <clears throat> I think teenagers are stinky little things. And there's so many more factors for why, you know, he doesn't want a relationship right now. There's a lot that goes into that. But you learn with your first child a lot. Yeah. You learn a lot. They are the <clears throat> guinea pig. I was my parents' guinea pig. They did a little better with my sister. And, and I used to resent that. And I had to step back and say, no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If she even got them just a tiny bit better, tiny, tiny bit, mom or dad, whoever, that's a positive. That's nothing to be upset about, you know? But everything I learned with my stepson, the good, the bad, the the foundation of what I did with him is what still carries with the girls. But the other aspect is not to parent them from that lacking. And so we, what's important to us is that the girls stand up for themselves. That is a huge thing. They stand up for themselves. That is like my biggest thing for my girls, that they're honest in all that they do. I tell them like, we don't, there's no lying. There's no, I can't do the lying and the storytelling and the, none of that. 
and letting them explore who they want to be, like what they like, what are their interests. You know how there's a dad out there who's like, I didn't get to go to the big leagues, so my son's going to the big leagues, and there's like just this pressure of, of yeah. how it needs to be. Yeah. I don't I don't want that for my kids. Right. I don't want that pressure from society for my kids. Like if they want to miss a day of school, I don't harp down their throats about school. I don't make anything feel too ruly because then they rebel. And I learned that. I learned that with my first child. I learned yeah. that's my way of parenting though, right? Yeah. Some people are a stickler for for attendance. I'm right. not. I will pull my, if I feel like I miss my kid, I'll pull my kid out of school and we'll go do something fun. That's just, like the other day I posted, we watched Disney movies and we stayed home. Like right. we didn't do shit on a Monday because we were burned out from the weekend. They should have been at school. Yes. But that's how I parent. And I'm a lot more laid back. I'm a lot more let them figure themselves out as I guide them. Not so much rule-based. Whereas with my son, it was very much, these are the rules. This is how things are done. There's one way they're done. Now I'm kind of like, no, there's so many different ways things are done. Yeah. And and I've had to learn how to not put all my trauma on them. Like mm-hmm. to spoil them. I spoiled my stepson. And I really had to sit back and be like, I don't have to buy you all the latest and greatest. I don't have to take you everywhere. I don't, that, that doesn't teach you anything. What am I teaching you? If I just buy you everything and take you everywhere. Money doesn't come out of trees. Right. I, I had to tell the girls because we were on a roll there doing a lot of fun stuff for a while. And then money got scarce again. Right. And it's like, okay, we're back on. Like, we're, we're in a rough place. And it's like, like I told you, playing charades. Like, I want to teach my kids that they can feel joy without all these outside Thanks. Guaranteed they're going to remember playing charades yes. with you for yes. their rest of their life. Right. They're not going to remember all of the things that you bought them. No, they're not. They're not. They're never going to remember that stuff. Right. Money doesn't have anything to do with it. Right. You can't throw money at a kid and think that's going to, they're going to resent you later on. I fucking, I, so I also parented. Yeah. I still struggle mm-hmm. with parenting with, I give them surplus and excess in what I lacked when I yeah. was a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh I'm talking like new shoes. All new... of the things my yeah. kids have anything all that the they things. can want. Yeah. Christmas, man, I will go in major, major debt to give them fucking Christmases. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I will also go in major debt making sure that there's food in the house. Like, I will pay interest on a credit card to buy food for my house. Yeah. And um, I will make sure, like, I don't, I don't know why, why do. Like, I didn't have, I I grew up in a house where food was non-existent almost. Mm -hmm. Besides when I was with my grandma. Yeah. And didn't have Christmases with my families. Right. So, um, I... I am so guilty of doing that with my kids and I've spoiled them rotten. Yeah. And because of that, I now get to, because of the lack of boundaries that I have with them. Yeah. And I've spoiled them rotten. I now get to learn how to be a different parent today, Mm. which they don't like. Like, for course, right. My daughter, she cut her foot when we went camping a couple weekends ago. And she's been home on independent study. And um, having her home on independent study, she hasn't really done much of anything. She stayed in bed. Well, um, 
I told her when she came home on independent study, like I set a boundary. I said, listen here, I start work at seven. Right. I'm not going to fight with you to get up out of bed. You will get up for school still. Mm-hmm. This is not a free vacation. You right. don't just get to stay home and sleep all day every day. Nope. You're at home supposed to do work, right? And so I said, you will be up before I start work. Right. Well, school doesn't start till 8.30. I don't care. I have to work from home. Right. And I'm not going to be stressed about work, trying to do Hell work. no. You are not. And trying to get you out of bed <laughs> no. by 8.30. So you will be up yeah. before I start work at yep. 7 a.m. Good for you. And so so I set that boundary with her, right, before her when her independent study started. Wednesday, so the the... The compromise was she was going to set her alarm for as late as she can, as long as I said, if, if you're not out of, if I do not see your face out of your room at 651, I'm coming in there. And so she was super good about it the first week. Um, the second week or whatever, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday, she, uh, She didn't set her alarm. And I went in there at 6.52. And I said, it's time to get out of bed. You're not out of bed. But mom, I've been setting my alarm and I've been getting up super, super good all of this whole time. But not today. Please, <laughs> please let me sleep in 30 more minutes. And there was part of me that said, that my mind went, sure, why not, right? But I didn't say that. After I thought about the sure why not, I was like, no, because if I let her do it today. She's going to keep doing it. She's going to want to do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I said, no. Yeah. Good for you. Get out of the bed Teenage now. You reserve something else, girl. She lost her shit on me, dude. Like, she was not happy. She called me a bitch. She told me, fuck off. Oh, like, no. <laughs> and then you have to start work. How to start work. In eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And... I don't care. She, her ass got the fuck out of bed. That's though. right. <laughs> don't make me pee myself. That's she did. Terrible. She got the fuck out of bed. You must have scared her. Yeah. But I, so it, it scares her now when I don't react with yelling. It's, oh, that's a scarier one. When that's I scary. don't when react don't with, re, with yeah. when I do not re, cause I've really worked really hard for yeah. that to not be my reaction yeah. anymore. Oh yeah. I, I, I raise my voice a lot. So when I don't, yeah. and I just walk away from her, she knows it's all bad. She, she gets out of bed and she comes. Are you mad at me? <laughs> um, I'm working. <laughs> but yes, I love it. So, um, she, her ass got up. She was not happy, but she still got Damn. up. And I felt like that was a huge, even though. Even though she called me a bitch and she told me to fuck off. Yeah. In that moment, I knew that I would rather have her say that shit to me yeah. than me to be a pushover parent. Mm, yeah. A day longer. Yeah. I get you it. Know? Yep. Teenagers are a whole different animal. Yeah. yeah. So That's these hard. setting boundaries with the the people that are closest with us is the fucking hardest. Dude, my girls are like, oh, God, Addie makes everything hard. She's only going to be seven next week already. But Yeah. <laughs> They're really hard. You know what used to trigger me was when there wasn't enough food in the house. Because growing up, it was like, you know, you go shopping and there's food for a few days and then you have to wait till the next payday. Right. And that, that, this is something I've had to let go of recently. 
Like when the food gets low and my kids are complaining that they're hungry, that triggers little Cassie. Like, oh my God, they're hungry. Oh my God, you're a fucked up mom. You don't have enough money. You this, you that. No, I have a budget that I have to stick to because we don't have extra money. We don't have credit cards. We're we're not at that place where we have a bunch of money. Once we hit, you know, our amount, we can cook food and survive. Like there is food in there. It just has to be cooked. Like we're okay. But I've had to let go of bringing that into my parenting with them. Like it is, oh, you are not going to starve. Like there's, it's not that there's no food in here, but it used to trigger me so bad. I'd be like, okay, I got to spend a ton, shit ton of money and get a bunch of snacks. Yeah. Why? You eat the snacks in one day, Addie gets stomach aches from it all the time. No, right. I'm not even doing that. You're fine. You're right. going to be okay. But that's one thing that, that's another thing that I brought into parenting was like, no, they're going to have all kinds of goodies in there because I the didn't, snacks. all the snacks. Yeah. And it's like, but at the end of the day, is that just shutting them up? Right. Is that actually good for them? Like no. what's actually good for them? Don't bring your trauma into that. Well, I can, I can honestly say that because of the unhealthy relationship that I had with food, because yeah. I didn't have food when I was a kid. So when I was an adult, I had an unhealthy relationship with mm. food because I wanted it all. You didn't, and, and you didn't and want to disappear. I didn't want it to disappear. Yeah. I also didn't want to share it with anybody yeah, either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I struggled with my weight. Yes. And um, and I, not, not so much of, I never made comments on my daughter's body or anything like that. What, what she seen me do was how she seen me act with food. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so because of my unhealthy relationship and me putting all of the snacks, like hundreds of dollars of snacks, each time I went grocery shopping. That's crazy. And it's gone so fast, right? Right. It, it disappears. And snacks so, disappear. Yes. And so that's what it it literally, it created, I see now, an unhealthy relationship for her. And yes. So. Yeah. Yes. That is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now I see like, even with Addie, like Addie's watched some things on YouTube and I know there had to be something about weight in there because she's very conscious of what she eats. She wants her. I don't know. I don't know if she, and where Amelia is the opposite. Amelia copes with food, which is what I did as a child. I coped by eating, always coped by eating. Yeah. Um, she very much struggles with that. Like she gets very angry if I talk about what she's eating or how much she's eating. Or if I say, Hey, we're eating dinner in an hour. You don't need a PB and J sandwich. You know, very mad. That's how I was as a kid. That's how I dealt with my feelings. Whereas Addie, like, somehow knows, like, no, she was at a friend's house for her very first time last week. She asked the mom for a salad. (laughs) A salad. Okay. And she was like, yeah, your daughter wants a salad, not chicken nuggets. And I was like, her ass is getting a chicken nuggets. Like, stop. Stop it. (laughs) Isn't that weird? (laughs) Yeah, she like, I don't know, she wants to be a model or something. Who knows? I don't know. She wants to be a dancer is what she says. But that kind of breaks my heart, right? Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Because that, what that, the things that they see on the fucking internet, basically what it's telling them is that they have to be these stick figure girls. Yeah. Which is weird because they used to be big butts was like the thing. Right. My friend told me her daughter's in high school, slim thick. That's the new term that they use, slim thick. So you have to be skinny, but thick. 
we're defying all odds here. Science. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I've always been thick. I've always had booty and thighs. Yes. Like, that's that's me. I don't know. So I, mean, I don't like, get it. I we my Abby and I actually had a conversation about that yesterday. Because she sat down. And you know when you sit down, obviously women's thighs, they like. Yeah, they get bigger. They expand. Yeah. Right from the fucking chair. Right. Anyway, so she's sitting. She sat down and her legs expanded. And she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't really like this, mom. You're like, oh, well, and, it's called your legs. Right. And she's like, but when I stand up, it's not that bad. And I was like, well, duh. Right. And I was like, I don't know really what to tell you because, you know, I've been on a weight loss journey and I still have fucking thighs right like they're not like they're getting they're they're proportioned to my body right however they are i've always had my mom my mom called them thunder thighs oh yeah me too and so that's what that's what they are there's thickness to these thighs yeah and i don't think that that's ever gonna change no matter how much weight exactly my thighs are gonna hold my weight yes yes like that's where my weight is going to Mm -hmm. be yeah and so, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Amelia has my exact body shape. Big old butt. She has a big butt. <laughs> she walks around the house in shorts, and I'm like, damn, girl. Right. And I'm like, oh, no. You gotta put it away. Like, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what are we gonna do with that? There, there's nothing. Nothing you can do. No. I'm like, we struggle. Patrick and I struggle. Patrick struggles more yeah. with Abby than I oh, do. Oh, yeah. Because um, that girl, like... She blossomed out of nowhere, and they're <sighs> they're fucking huge, right? Oh, everything, no. everything the way it's supposed boys, to be, everything yeah. that boys like, yeah, just great is there, like great. And dad's stressed out, stressed, and he and she walks. She it's her dad, you know what I mean, and her dad and her brother, and so she'll walk around in underwear and a bra, right? And they're like, no, dude. When we're here, you you gotta cover up. We don't want to see all of that because you're a daughter and a sister, like yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, she's comfortable though. She is. Amelia is came in here butt ass naked last night. She'll be ten. And she's literally she's butt naked. She likes to sleep naked. And she's like her mom. I used to streak all the time when I was a kid. Like that. <laughs> really? My, yeah. My mom has videos of me, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, riding little like my my little sister's little cars down the street naked. Oh, oh my yeah. god! So my kid, my kids have the, the same problem. But he finally was like Amelia, like I love that you're comfortable, but I'm your father, and your grandpa lives here too, and I know your grandpa's already scarred by your right? mother from right? all her nudity growing up. Like this shit's weird. Put some clothes on. Right. Well, boundaries. Yes. At some point, boundaries. there has to be You have to teach them because I'm still right. very inappropriate with my nudity. Right. I still think it's not a problem. I'm like, just turn around. Like, right. my fucking house. Right. You know? Where it's like, no, have some decency. So. Teach your daughters right. But I'm like that. It's, I'm like that though. Yeah. In yeah. My, in my house. Only. Yeah. Right. And only with my kids and. Yeah. And, and my husband. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. My kids, they know. I'll shower with the door open. I go to the bathroom with the door open. Me too. So it's... Did you see my post where I asked if all couples poop together? Yeah. People didn't like that. (laughs) We, if we're in the middle of a conversation and one of us has to poop, we go with each other to the bathroom and poop together. I mean... I don't know. I guess that's, I guess that's weird. Anyways, I'm sorry. (laughs) That, that's the least amount, that's like the least weird thing that can happen while somebody's pooping. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Okay. Point proven. You know Thank what I you. mean? It's, yeah. It's whatever. Um, but yes, no. So the just the... The setting, comfortability. The comfortability, right? They do learn from us. However, at some point... Yeah. It is time to start creating boundaries. Yeah. Like when we got married, Bobby said, your streaking days are over. <laughs> And I said, fuck, man, that's like the white part of me. That's, that's, right? that's me. I'm a white girl. <laughs> that's what I do. Funny story. We have to wrap up, but not funny story, but when I lived in Monterey when I was 18 and my dad would always come up and visit and everybody drank a little too much one night and I, on the drive, I'm in the back seat of my Mustang and on the drive home, I'm taking all my clothes off because oh <laughs> when I would get drunk, I'd want to go streaking. Yeah. Take off all my clothes. We get there. I live in a really nice neighborhood in, in Monterey. Pacific Grove is actually where I live. Get out of the car. There's a guy walking his German Shepherd. I don't even see the guy. My dad tells me this later. Butt naked. <sighs> I'm so excited to get out of the car. I'm doing deer leaps through the air. Oh my god. Across, across my lawn and across the neighbor's <laughs> lawn. Woo. See, remember when we talked about <laughs> remember when we talked about our drunken nights? Girl, guess what happened? Came down wrong on my ankle. Sprained my ankle, had to go to the hospital. Naked? No, I put clothes on. Okay. <laughs> you put clothes on to go to the hospital. <laughs> I told my dad, I, I told my dad, Dad, you got to take me. He goes, I can't drive. I said, what? How am I going to go? And he's like, you're going to have to drive yourself. Went right to bed. He was done for. Just d- done. I said, okay, I guess I'll drive myself. <laughs> it was so bad. That's what I get. <clears throat> that was one of my last streaking <laughs> events. <laughs> and now that I'm a married woman for 11 years, I haven't done it in a long time, except for the privacy of her own right. bedroom. <laughs> right. I, no wonder why. Yes, your dad must be scarred if adult Cassie is. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can see your arm motions, but you get it. Literally, my arms were in the air, like in circles, like, woo! Just, I mean, can you imagine what the guy thought with his dog walking by? <laughs> Dude, crazy chick. nuts. I mean, just out of my mind. Yeah. Or, or you could be like, man, that chick seems like a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One or the other, you know, we never know. Avoid that house. <laughs> Don't go down that road ever again. Those are some weird people. I remember my dad kept saying, Cassie, get in the house now. Cassie, get in the house. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times he told me that. I'm mean, like, Dad. You haven't been able to tell me what to do my whole life. <laughs> Amen to that. That boy gave up. He was like, hopefully she survives her teen years. Uh, so I, dude, I love oh, our conversations. They're so fun. We literally. That's start, why we record them. Cause right? they're so awesome. We start, we start crying, crying and we end laughing. Crying while laughing. And on that note, we are going to wrap it up. Cause yes. we got an event to go to. We do. We're already late. Okay. You'll be back. Yes. My uncertified (laughs) co-host. I will absolutely be back.